you have your Bible, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 will be our text. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, the Bible says, Then said I unto them, You see the distress that we are in. Sin will always put you in distress. How Jerusalem lieth waste. Man, that's, that's homeland. That, that's a city that represented God. That's God's people. That's the apple of his eye. How in the world are they lying waste? You know why? Because they brought other gods in their life. They quit honoring the Lord. They got rebellious. They got self-centered. Much like you and I can do today if we're not careful. And you leave an area for the enemy to come in. Look what he says. The gates thereof are burned with fire. Before we read that, how Jerusalem lieth waste. I mean, it ought to be bearing fruit. It ought to be changing nations. It ought to be fruitful. But instead, instead of helping others, Jimmy, they're in need of help. In that, he says, the gates there are burned with fire. Come. Here's the message. Let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. The idea that they was in great affliction. They were struggling to survive. If you're not careful, you'll get trapped in sin. It'll lay a lick on you. It'll take the breath. It's a gut punch. And uh, in this, I want to give us a few things on the Christian you and I to build up the wall of our Christian life. We've all been hit hard. We've all had those punches in the gut that takes the air from us. We've all probably played in a circle of fire that we ought not been in. We've all been there. I'm just here to remind you, whatever the enemy has taken from you, God can restore it. And he has with Jerusalem in some ways, and he will in a greater way in the future. But God's a loving God and a merciful God. Amen. And for that, I'm thankful. So my first point is, it's going to take prayer. If you notice, Nehemiah was an outsider. Uh, he came in from a Gentile nation just to do business. But he asked a question, how's, how's my brethren? And he saw the gates burn and the walls down and his heart got broken. Matter of fact, you'll find out in this that um, he began to deal with the people. And he began to ask questions. What's going on? What's happened to Jerusalem? Where's all the people? Where's those that will fight for what they believe in? They've been scattered. They're downtrodden. They've lost their worship. They've lost their heartbeat for God. So in this, you'll find that he begins to ask questions. And he realized that the remnant was there and the ruin was there and they stood in reproach. Four things you're going to find out he cared enough to ask. Are you to the place where you've lost your burden? Could it be that you're here but you don't have a burden for anything here? Could it be you drive through the streets of Winchester and you've lost your burden for Winchester? Could it be you've nestled in a community but you have no burden for the community? Nehemiah realized that someone's got to step up and he cared enough to ask some questions. Not only did he care enough to uh, ask, but you'll find he began to weep. His heart was broken to the point that he wept. How long has it been since you wept for somebody or for your city, for your home, for your neighbor? Listen, guys, if we don't get burdened, nothing's going to happen. If we don't get brokenhearted over something, we're not going to reach out to make a difference. 
If it's just we're going through the motions, that's all it is. And not much will be accomplished. <laughs> Nehemiah cared enough to ask, to weep, and then he began to pray to get a hold of God. What are you praying for? What's got you to the point where it's got you asking God to move in, to help? Not only did he pray, but he volunteered. We got four quick things. He asked, he wept, he began to pray, and he volunteered to make a difference. That's what we got to have in our churches. You've got to get a burden. You've got to get God's power on you. We have the privilege to ask God. Matter of fact, He tells you, and I bring it to me. Ask of me. And then God will begin to do big things. Weep. Pull your heart out. We ease in, we ease out. We do our thing. We don't expect anything because we're not asking for anything. Hello, y'all awake? I'm going to give you some more things. It'll take prayer. Prayer number one of confessing, God, we're guilty. It wasn't God's fault. It was Jerusalem's fault. The people got out of the word of God, got away from the temple of God, began to worship small gods instead of the God. Anytime that you turn your back on God, you got trouble. In this, Nehemiah prayed before he ever started building the wall. There was something that needed to be done, but here's what Nehemiah said, it's too big for me. May I remind you, whether it's here at Landmark or whatever you do, it is too big for you and I. But we have the privilege to say, God, but with you anything's possible. Remember Gideon? God took him down to 300 men. Gideon said, God, you expect me and 300 men to to fight this giant nation, this thousands of people? God says, no, I don't expect you and these 300 people to do it. But I know with you and these 300 and me, we can do it. Hey, listen, we got to get God back in the picture. He wants to work among us and in us and through us. And sometimes we think we got to do it. Yes, God works through us. You got to be willing. You got to be able to volunteer. Nothing great about Nehemiah, but he knew he had a great God that can still do great things. Nehemiah faced the opposition. He realized that, you know what, we've got what we deserve, but let's change it. And the opposition is this, the devil hates us. He'll work at every angle that he can. But the Bible says in chapter 2, they prayed. There in verse 11, he said, so I came made a difference. You'll find there in verse 18, so they strengthened their hands together and did the work. It talks about being unified. It talks about all of us coming together. How do you fill a bus up? Go work the street. How do you build a Sunday school up? Go work the neighborhood, invite folks. I got the chance to talk to uh, Tyler, right? And I said, Tyler, how did you ever end up here at Landmark? Someone invited him. Came, gave his heart to the Lord. Don't know the whole story. Took a stand in believer's baptism. He's a baby in the Lord. Devil's fighting him big time. He's facing opposition. But thank God, God's big enough. Listen, it's not going to be easy, but God's able. If you'll yield and stay strong in the Lord, it's amazing what God can do. In 52 days, that would seem impossible. God took those folks and unified them, took them out their back door of their house and said, this is your section. Build it. Get busy. Well, what about the enemy? One, look for the enemy. Fight him off. Other one, get the trial and work. The idea is it's all of us. 
trying to keep this thing strong and realizing it's God that does the blessing. It's you and I that can do the work for God to bless. Bible says it'll take prayer. James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Nehemiah said, we lost our favor, God, but would you restore it? The word favor means kindness. See, when God quits showing you kindness, you're in trouble. Israel was surrounded by enemies. They were going nowhere until these folks got obedient. And then God, that seemingly turned his back away from them, began to turn his back back towards them. And what seemed impossible was done in days. Boy, that helps me. When the devil says it's too far gone, God says, no, it's not. When it looks like it can't be done, if you and I will take time to pray and ask and realize that God can change the tide. At any moment, when God steps in, good things can happen. Are you in a situation where you feel like it's just impossible? Don't you ever quit asking. We have the privilege to get right and ask God to do what man can't do. And God has done it numerous times and he can still do it today. Number two, the Bible says you must remove the rubbish. Picture this in your mind. The wall's down, the gates are down, and they're covered up with rubbish. Matter of fact, they had forgotten that... That was a key of B-flat, wasn't it? So the idea is there was a work. But here, picture this. All the block were covered by the rubbish. Their mindset was this. We don't have anything to build with. Nehemiah got the workers in there. He said, start removing the rubbish. I don't know what sin has covered in your life. I don't know what sin has blinded you by, but God hasn't changed. Everything you need to go forward is right there inside your heart. And you'll find in this verse, if we're going to thrive, you and I got to start with cleansing. God, I'm the one that's wrong. I'm the one that's messed up. I'm the one that's made room for the small gods. I'm the one that's living in unbelief. Listen, you can't go forward until first there's repentance. There's got to be a cleansing. Israel began to confess. They begin to say, God, it's not you, it's been us. And God did something amazing, don't the Bible say? If my people which are called by my name shall what? Humble themselves. And what? Pray. And what? Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and will heal their land. If your life's cluttered with a lot of rubbish, you're going to have to remove it and make room for God to be number one. Until that happens, your wall will stay down. Until that happens, the enemy will make his, make his passage through the breach because you're not right with God. You're not living in obedience and the small gods are running your life. Remember what they said in Jeremiah? You, you're making room for all your houses and all your ceilings and all everything you want looks great. But what's happened to the house of God? Listen, this, is, this has to be first. Anytime the work of God and the house of God becomes second, that's a sin against God. It's got to be prayed over. You've got to ask big things. 
You got to invite folks. You got to work this thing. Why, this is God's business. This is God's building. You and I are servants. Thank God He served us. It's time for you and I to serve Him until He takes us home. Have you lost your heart to serve? Number three, the Bible says it'll take determination. He says there in verse 18, so built we, that's plural. One man can't do it. Pastor Munchie can't do it. But all of us together can. Look at it. It just says so we built it. We all got involved. So we labored in the work. Chapter 6, verse 15. And then the wall was finished. How'd that happen? They got up and they built. I'm not talking about material buildings. I'm talking about the spiritual house. I'm talking about you and I not quitting. Listen, one man said it's always too soon to quit. Nobody knows it, but you've quit. You walk in and you walk out, but you've quit. You're not plowing. You're not working. You've lost your burden. I want to encourage you. It's time to build up the wall. It's time to regain what God would have us to have. Jesus said in Luke 9, 62, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. God help us, give us a burden here at Landmark like never before. May we be determined to live the Christian life. God, may you give us the fuel that we need spiritually to have the energy to build and rise up and build and build again. Amen. May we not quit. May we keep building in the lives of kids. Run the buses. Work the buses. You say, well, it's, it's out of date. No, it's not. I'm in churches all the time and they roll them in. It's not out of date. You lose your burden, you won't do it no more. But if you'll get a burden, you'll work hard at it. Oh, I wish I could take you some places that we, that we go to. It works. You hear me? It works. Don't let the wall lay on the ground. Don't walk over it as if it's a thing of the past that can never be rebuilt. If we come together, we can build the wall. Whatever it is, whatever it used to be, put it back where it ought to be. Amen. Build the wall. Keep the thing strong. Move forward. He tells you now you're going to have to be determined. Luke 9, 63. uh, Chapter 9, verse 62. Having put his hand to the plow and not looking back. Could it be, now listen, could it be the devil's got you looking this way of what used to be and not what can be? Number four, you got to be willing. Look at the verse. Verse 6, so built we the wall. All the wall was joined together into the half thereof so the people had a mind to work. The devil's always been a divider. He he divided somewhere in the heavens or Eden, wherever he was at. Divided. Took a third of the angels. Matter of fact, those angels that made that choice fight you every day. Amen? Amen? And they will until Christ deals with them. 
But I've learned that even the devil in his sovereignty can take the wickedness of, of evil angels and work it to our good. God used Pharaoh as a servant to bring Israel out of Egypt. God used King Herod to help bring in the Emmanuel, baby Jesus. Don't ever forget, he can use anybody at any time. He's the owner of all things. He's omnipotent. Nothing overthrows him. He can use the evil in your life to bring about good. He can take away the good of your life to get to the better. He can pull the better around to get the best. Don't ever question what God's doing. What you got to do is you got to do inventory. God told Israel, you better do some inventory. The wall's down because of your own actions. But if only you'd turn and confess and get back to work, I'll bless it again. I don't know where you're at. I don't know if your wall's down or halfway down or halfway. I don't know. I'm just saying God says let's build the wall. Let's look at our Christian life. Forget about everybody else. Where's your wall at this afternoon? Are you still excited about what's going on in Landmark? Do you want to be a part of it? Will you even volunteer? Are you, are you going to be one that comes and leaves? Get your hands in the mix. Make a difference. The Bible says you must be willing to be repaired. You've got to deal with the sin. Get rid of bad influences. The word repair is used 35 times. It means to make strong again. It means to firm up. Number five, don't think it's going to be easy. You'll face opposition. Remember in the book of Nehemiah, Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem? Remember how those three guys come against Nehemiah? Who's coming against you? Who's fighting you? Yes, there's opposition. But my understanding is opposition makes us stronger. You ever go in a weight room and not sweat and hurt? You ever walk three miles and wake up at three in the morning with a cramp? I mean, opposition makes us stronger. He tells you and I, opposition is not only an evidence that God is blessing, but it's also an opportunity for us to grow. Devil don't want to lose his ground. He wants to control you. But thank God Nehemiah stepped in and said, Hey, this don't make sense. Not the God of Israel. This thing ought to be booming. The walls ought to be up. What do we got to do? And boy, they was downtrodden. One man made a difference. They got to work. I want to encourage you. Find a place where you can get a trial and help build the wall here at Landmark. Find a place where you can do your part. It'll do you good. You need to face opposition. Opposition will make you better. It will make you stronger. My last point is simply this. I'll just give you a verse. Nehemiah 4.9 Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God, set a watch against them day and night because of them. The Bible says a willingness to fight if you're going to thrive, you gotta, you got to be a contender of the faith. You know, if we claim to love something, you ought to fight for it. You love the church, fight for it. If you love your marriage, fight for it. If you love your kids, fight for it. 
Amen? I see a lot of folks, they don't have enough faith to fight for anything. Well, I've just lost them. Devil done got them. No, don't you dare let the devil have them. No, not when we have the power of Jesus and the power of his name to our life. Not when you and I can have access to heaven. It's not like the bars have closed us out. We got access into heaven. Get a hold of God and say, God, I will not allow this to happen. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, make sure your life is clean. Make sure your motive is right. But so many times because of unbelief, we don't see how big God is. I don't know what circumstance you'll fight. I don't know what you're facing. It's easier sometimes just to lay down and quit. The devil says, thank you. I'll take it. But if you love it, you ought to fight for it. What is it you've given up on? What is it that you've handed over to the devil? Your kids? Your grandkids? Your home? Nobody knows it. You wouldn't put... Put it in the bulletin. But God knows you've quit. You've lost interest. You've laid down the trial. You're no longer working to try to make it a better place. Am I right or wrong? Amen? I want to encourage you. Build the wall. Nehemiah came in with fresh ideas. Blown away. One man got in the circle and said, what's going on? This ain't right. And God used his vision, his faith to stir the people. They unified and the wall in 52 days. 52 days. What laid desolate for years in 52 days, God blowed on it because the people repented. They removed their rubbish. They cleansed their lives and they went to work. If you would have asked him at the beginning, how long will it take you? It's been laying here for years, at least 18 or 20. It'll be years before we get this done. Listen, don't worry about how long. Just get to the wall and go to work. And watch what God does in his time. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.